Well, everybody likes a party, right? Everyone likes to be invited to parties. And I ask you to, to, I don't know if you did, sometimes people forget about the question. That's okay. I remember, um, I remember being, when we were in Naples, Italy, I was a chaplain. It was, it was a kind of a, 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 a top-heavy command. And what that means, that means to those who are uninitiated, lots of people with lots of brass. And so those people like to have all kinds of parties and celebrations. Military's full of them. And, um, and I remember one Christmas, there were so many festivities. So, and I was the only chaplain, so I was invited to all of them. And so that's the reason I didn't go to some. I just, um, you know, did, isn't there a Berenstein Bear book called Too Much Birthday? Sometimes you can, you can, you can yeah, yes, I had children. Um, sometimes you can, there's just, that was the reason that we didn't go to some of those parties. I don't know about you, that you have uh, been invited to parties that you didn't want to go to. It usually has to do with who's inviting, right? Sometimes. Or where it is, um, where the party is. Jesus, uh, I'm, beginning to, I'm beginning a series about the parables. Now, there are really about, depending upon who you ask, somewhere between 46, 47, and 53, 54 parables that uh, Jesus tells. And uh, essentially, a parable is, is just a story that is told to teach deeper truths, right? Or teach different kinds of things that, that the, the, it's kind of like the, the, the parable about the, the, the man and his two sons and the, the, and the story of, of, of the rich young ruler, those kinds of things. Um, the parables that Jesus taught or, or told um, really contain, if you read through the scriptures, contain the essence of the teachings of Christ. And so what I'm going to do is, I'm, I'm not going to go through all 57. We would be here for, you. no, I would be here for. <laughs> yeah, I just had that moment of realization. You wouldn't put up with that. It's like, after about the 30th one, you say, I think I'm going to take a break. So uh, I'm going to go for the next uh, few weeks and talk about some of the, some of the uh, parables that Jesus told and Obviously, it's not just about a story, it's about us. It's about the kingdom of God. That's where the, these things go. Um, now, now, we've all received invitations to attend special events, grad parties this time of year. I mean, we're, there are grad parties galore, right? And uh, 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 anniversary celebrations, birthday parties. And the truth is, every holiday is somehow associated... There's food involved, right? Yeah? That's why we're all so slim. <laughs> Some of you have done really well. I'll have to say I haven't. Always food involved. And you know what? A lot of important things happen around food. Have you ever noticed that? A lot of conversations... Uh, that ultimately in, in, in involves some kind of business or a decision or involve food. Maybe it's because it makes these things work a little bit better. But the truth is, eating together is, it can be an intimate thing. It's a place where information is passed. Relationships are, uh, you might say, solidified. 
eating is a, is a, is a good thing. We enjoy it. And uh, we mark the passing of time and special events and ceremonies. And we invite our friends, don't we? And, uh, but from time to time, there's a party going on that, and we know about the party, and we don't get an invitation. You ever been there? <laughs> Sometimes you were relieved. Other times you felt left out, right? Please come to my party. It's a parable. That's my, that's my title, but it's a parable that Jesus, Jesus taught. Luke, the 14th chapter. I, I'm, I'm going to go through some things rather quickly, and then we're gonna, I, mean, I want to focus on, on the last passage, but I, I, don't, I, I, I do want to touch the, the early, early verses here. Luke 14. It happened that when he went into the house of one of the leaders of the Pharisees on the Sabbath to eat bread, they were watching him closely. Of course, this, 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 this passage is referencing Jesus. And there in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. And Jesus answered and spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. You know? Well, it seemed to be a real problem question of the day. You weren't allowed to do so many things on the Sabbath. I guess it kind of tuned them into their sense of uh, a religious fervor. Do you know that? You know? Do you know that, 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 that sometimes, sometimes we get, the, we get the wrong idea about God? And we think that, that our Christianity is about keeping all the rules and how well and quickly and tightly we keep them. And that's how the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. Okay? And this, this question, if you read through the Gospels, you see this conflict over and over and over. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? You and I would say, of course it is. What's wrong with that? It was considered some form of a work. It had problems. They kept silent. They but, and he took hold of the man, him, and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which one of you will have a son or an ox fall into a well and, and will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could make no reply to this. This is kind of crazy, you know? Uh, you know? You find this kind of a question. You don't have an answer. Rather than say, Wow, I never thought of that. I mean, maybe you're right. They were, but they were so invested in their sense of religion. They were so invested in that, in that in, I say, that closed, uh, narrow view of who God was. Taste not, touch not. That they couldn't even admit the truth when it was in front of them. They couldn't, it, 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 it was devoid of compassion. It was devoid of love. How many really, really want to live for God, for a God who is devoid of love and real compassion? When, when, when we simply make it about following rules, it's soulless. Okay? Do you understand that? It's about a relationship with Christ and tapping in to uh, His mind and the mind of God. And here we see you know, what do they say? Thomas said, Lord, Je- speaking to Jesus, said, Jesus, will, will you show us the Father? And he says, Jesus, how have I been so long with you and you don't recognize God? Have I been here with you this long? If you see me, you see the Father. 
So what you're seeing here, you're seeing the mind of God represented in the, in the, in the, in the values and the statutes that Jesus is laying out. Now, he's not laying out a bunch of rules here, is he? He said, how many of you, your son falls in the well, or your, even your ox, your big cow, falls in the well, you won't retrieve him on the Sabbath. They could make no reply to this, and he began speaking uh, a parable uh, to the invited guests. Now remember, this is the context is there's dinner. They're at supper. They're together. They're eating. They're at bread. He began, to, he began speaking a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table, saying to them, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for someone more distinguished than you may have been invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this man, and then in disgrace you proceed to, to occupy the last place. But when you're invited, go and recline at the last place, so that when the one who, was invited, who, who has invited you comes, he will, may say to you, friend, move up higher. You will have a, 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 then, then you will have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And he also went on to say to, to one who had invited him, to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may also invite you in return, and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, again, does this, is he really saying that we, we shouldn't ever have a gathering, a, a, a dinner with our friends? No, no. Eventually, what he's pushing here, he's, he's pushing against some things that are prevalent in the thinking of, of, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish people of the day. And you know what? They creep into us too. I made a, you know, some of the things I say on Wednesday night, many of you miss. But one of the things I said on Wednesday night is that there are people who won't come here because um, there's not enough money in this church. Okay? Simply true. Because, and and I, I told a story of a, of a close friend, and he was a, I, I, he was, he was a financial planner, and he was just, I think he worked for Principal Corporation, so I'm not sure that how much of a financial planner he was. I think he just sold stuff. But he told me, and he, he told me, and this was years ago, he says, Bill, I, I go to this church over here because they're great contacts. This is, this is how I work my business. Yeah? This is how I work my business. And there are a lot of people who won't, who, who make their choices on the basis they make their choices on who and what they will do and where they will go based upon what it will do for them. And this is what Jesus is speaking to here. Okay? Now, it's kind of human nature, right? Okay. We even have theologies. Uh, we, we have theologies that twist the gospel into, uh, into, in, into ways to get ahead financially. Okay? We have that. It's a part of who we are. We want to do well. Nothing wrong with that. There's something here that God is, you know, one of the things I said, uh, we, had, we had Doug Kibbe preached 
to us last Sunday. There's a couple of things that, that came up in my mind as I was sitting on the front row. And one other thing was is that God is revealing himself and he's asking us to come and be like him. And he's revealing himself in these little things. They may seem to be little, but they're, they, they, they're, they're like mountains for some of us. Because, because he's challenging the very character of who, who we are and the values that we, that we kind of hold inside. We don't like to tell people that in, 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 invariably we're simply just selfish people. We don't like to come across that way. So here, here's what Jesus do. He says, hey, guess what? I noticed that some of you guys are jockeying for position here. Why don't you take the last seat? And just kind of like don't push yourself forward. Why don't you just do that? So in this first passage of Scripture, there are two things that he's teaching. It's humility. Yeah? Humility. And the other thing I like is, is sincere generosity. A generosity that is, isn't com- is completely uh, throws out the idea of repayment. Now, that really cuts against the grain of humanity. Now, this, this comes back to something that, that I remember that, that, that I thought of as, as Doug was, was preaching. I, I said, God wants us to change. Are we willing to, to, to look in the mirror and see with clarity who we are and walk away and forget who we are? Are we willing to see with clarity and then say, God, uh, that's who I am. Change me, O Lord. Change me, O Lord. Because each and every one of us, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that that's not, doesn't kind of consider when, when, when they are in a relationship, what can this relationship do for me? Okay? But, but, but Jesus is pushing us to that point. Now, it was one of the reasons, remember when we had the summer fest out here, the big tent, the awning and stuff? It's kind of like this passage was in the back of my mind when I first, let's feed everybody. Okay? All the people that live on the hills back here. Some are, some are living in, in abject poverty and they have nothing to give us. If they came to church here, they wouldn't have anything to give. Or what little they had would be would be. Like the widow's might just be nothing. It'd be so little. So I said, let's feed them all. Let's welcome them all. That was behind that, that, that whole thinking. Sincere generosity. It's kind of like, remember the passage, and let me, uh, he, says, he says, love people who, who, who don't love you. Care for the people who hate you. Then you'll be like my Father in heaven. Catch that? Did you catch that? If you will love, even in the face of, of, of abject hatred, if you would, you might say, engender yourself to, to just, just give when you know nothing, nothing's coming back to you. He said, I want you to be like God. That's how he is. You'll be like, like God if you're like this. Okay? And many of us say, man, I'm, I'm not sure what's in this for us. I'm a bit like that sometimes. 
I look for results. So when we, when we do things, I say, well, now, do, do people, are people coming to Christ? I, those are the results I want. All right, moving on. When, when one of those who were, were reclining at the, at the table with him heard this, he said to him, blessed is everyone. Now this guy, he, he just jumps in, he's, he's religious. He says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Be careful when you start throwing things out around Jesus, right? <laughs> and he said to him, a man was giving a dinner. Uh-oh, here we go. A man was giving a dinner and invited many, and, the dinner, and at the dinner hour he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready now. In other words, he invited people, and then he sent his slave out, his servant out, to, 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 to let them know, it's time. The party's about to begin, come. It says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a piece of land, and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I've married a wife, and for that reason I cannot come. Slave came back and reported to his master. Then, and it says, uh, he reported all these things to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, go out into the streets. Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Now, you can, there's a whole lot of ways we can go. I'm going to go in a different, several ways in this because it, 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 it's all applicable. One, this is a picture of what was happening in Israel at the time, right? Okay? Jesus came to his own and his own said no. Jesus came to the Israel, he rode down the mountain, he'd, he'd spoken to the people for the last three years, he had done miracles, in fact he was in the midst of all of this stuff, and they ultimately rejected him. The country did, okay? Uh, the, the Pharisees, the leadership, uh, rejected him. In fact, they crucified him. That was part of the plan. We understand that. But they rejected him. The scripture says, he came to his own, and his own said no. Okay? So we can see that. And this is a picture of this dinner. He says, I've got this. He says, go out and tell, tell the people who have been invited. Oh, Jesus was Jewish. Israel was, they were the people of God. They were looking for the Messiah. The Messiah came. And for a variety of reasons, they said no. So what did he do? And we see a picture. Now this is, you've got to understand, this is happening before. Uh, Jesus is projecting. This is, he knew what was going to take place in Israel. He said, go out. Tell the poor, the blind, the lame, come in. He says, make my house full. Everybody else. Now, who were the poor, the lame, and the blind? Now, we're talking to Pharisees and Sadducees who were in this, in this place, okay, having dinner with Jesus. These were the, the upper crust, could I say. Socially, religiously, these were the haves, okay? And if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're a New Testament 
Uh, if you read the New Testament, if you're kind of a, a follower of the Scriptures, you'll find that one of the attitudes, and you'll see this over and over and over, that if somebody had problems, it was because of sin. Huh? And that's why uh, you'll see in Scripture, uh, speaking of the people in the lower classes, is the sinners. Okay? okay? And, uh, and even the disciples said, Okay, Jesus, who sinned that this man would be born blind? Speaking of, of, another, uh, of another passage of Scripture. His mom or did he sin? Mom and dad, did his parents or did he? He said, neither one. You guys kind of missing the whole thing here. But that was a prevalent attitude. That attitude has crept into modern Christianity. Oh, I understand we, we, we reap what we sow. I understand that. But it's, way far, it's far too simplistic to look at someone who's, 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 who's hurting and, 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 and broken and say, wow, what did they do wrong? Okay. And so Jesus is... is with this attitude prevalent at this table, he, he, he tells a story and he says, bring the poor in, bring the lame in, bring the lepers in, bring the have-nots in, so that my house will be full, that my table will not be empty. See? This is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. This is who God is. God is not the one who says, okay, don't pull your ox out of the hole on the Sabbath. God is the one who pulls them out, who heals of dropsy. That doesn't matter. God's there. You know, isn't it better because the truth is, is none of us, we're the poor, the lame. You know, we're not perfect. We don't keep the Sabbath real well, do we? Yeah? You know, on and on and on and on. Who's God here? Who's God here? So what do we see in this passage? Just, just a variety of things. First of all, it's a picture of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> the Jewish nation invited. He came to his own. They received him not. Then we have the excuses. Now, the closest thing to a party in the, on this side of, of the kingdom of God. Now, I know what we're looking at here. We're looking at, at, at Revelation 19 talks about the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And Jesus makes reference and he says, hey, I'll not do this again until I eat again with you. You know? Okay, so we recognize that there's going to be eating and, and, and drinking and enjoying life in heaven. Okay? We know that. But not yet. But here we have the, on the, the, the closest picture that I can think of of a party on this side of heaven is what we're doing today. Some of, some of the kids are saying, this doesn't feel like a party to me. These, I know there's a cushion, but these pews are hard. I don't always understand what that guy up there is saying, you know. The goofy guy in the suit. <laughs> don't always understand that. I remember uh, a brother, Dan Prince. He's... Uh, he's uh, he was, a, he was a guitar player. He came, came to know the Lord uh, here in our church. And uh, I remember later on, he said, you know what? I've been, he, was, he had been Roman Catholic, and he'd been to, going to Masses all of his life and going through the, you know, the sit, stand up, sit down, and the homily and all that stuff, and that's fine. But he said, but when I came into your church, it, 
felt more like a party than it did a church. Okay? See, this is, this is, this is where we eat. Does that make sense? This is where we eat. This is where we celebrate. This is where we enjoy the presence of, of God, His glory. You know, what you're, you know, some of you are here and you say, I felt something here today. That's God. It's God. He's here. The Holy Spirit. God's here. Yeah? God's in this place. And then on, on this side of heaven, this is the closest thing to the party. And so we invite people. Come to the table. It's like on, on, on communion. I tell you, it, it, you know, it sounds so religious to, 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 to exclude people. And the scripture doesn't really exclude people. It just says, come to the table with the right attitude. Okay? That's why, I, that's why when we have communion, it says, hey, there's a place at the table for you. There's room. There's room in this place for you. There's room in the kingdom of God for you. I mean, you, I mean you're probably dirty and beat up and, and, all, and, and all, and if you look inside, if there was a mirror that reflected who you were, the thoughts that you had, the, the things that you've done, I mean, it would, it would look anything but perfect. But God says, come. God says, come. And I say, and we say, as a community, come, there's room at the table for you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to do some shifting and change in our life. But He can do that. He can do that. If we'll just open ourselves to Him. So we have the picture of the kingdom of God. The Jewish nation invited. Then excuses. How many people simply, you know, uh, when they're invited to the party. I know, I know Joe, Joe grabs up a, these little cards on the back. You know, little cards on the back. And, and I had them made just for this purpose. They're, they're invitations. They really are. Let me get one of those. They're, little, they're invitations that you can put in your pocket for the party. Now, my name's not on them. You know, a lot of people, a lot of pastors and, and people in business, they have their names on the court. I don't really matter. I don't matter. It's Jesus. And you matter more than I matter. And so it's just a little card. And some of you do this. Wherever you go, you're, you say, hey, you, you might be saying, come to my church. Or, or you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be saying that except that you found something good here. Something, you found God. You found the presence of the Holy Spirit. You found fellowship. You found friends. You found something that was good for you, both, both physically and spiritually. You know? But many, you know... How many, you know, there's coming a day when the invitation will be, the time for the, it'll be closed. The door will be closed. The door is open right now. And how many people, not just the Jewish people of of the pastors, one of these days I'm going to get around to serving God. One of these days I'm going to take you up on, on your offer. I'm too busy right now. I've got grandkids. I've got, besides, we've got, a, we've, got a, we've got a cookout on Sunday afternoon. I've got all this preparation to do, right? Yeah? What was Jesus' response? He said, I tell you, I tell you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Who's invited? 
the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, the sinners, the have-nots, the disenfranchised. And you know what? I may clean up pretty well, but I was one of them. (laughs) And so were you. (laughs) For God, for God opens the doors wide to his people and to anyone who will say yes to him. Let's just say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The door's open. There's room at the table. There's, a, there's an inv- invitation for every soul. For every soul. Every soul. Every soul. We're going to worship. Stand with me, please. Stand with me. If you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want you to know that the table is open. The door is open for you. You want to know, you want to experience life and salvation and joy. You want to have your sins forgiven. The door's open. The door's open. You know, we, we, used, we used to sing a song, and maybe we still do every once in a while, and, but it was really popular with the Billy Graham Crusades, Just As I Am. You know? When I was in South Carolina as a, young, young, a younger guy, I encountered people who would say, one of these days I'm going to start doing right. In other words, in their mind, they're going to clean it up. And then, then it's, no, no, you come as you are. Jesus is the one who makes the difference and begins to clean, begins to work in your life, my life. That's Jesus. He simply says, come, come. Come as you are. <laughs> come as you are. Come as you are. Hallelujah. This altar's open as we worship. If you don't know Jesus, come and pray with me here. If you want to know Him, come and pray with me here. Let's just love Him for the next few moments as, as, we, as we worship, as we finish our service today. Hallelujah.